Welcome to the Integration Podcast, your guide to enterprise integration. So uh, welcome to this episode of the Integration Podcast. In this episode, we're going to to talk about uh, cloud integration with a lot of the the tools that are going on, uh, specifically how CPI is working, uh, how success success factors, Ariba, Cloud Connector is working. And today I'm really happy to have Bertim to share uh, what he has done as an integration architect. So Bertim, thanks for being on the show. Could you Tell us a little about who you are. Yeah. Hello, Daniel. Uh, thank you for the invite. My name is Vadim Klimov, and I'm an SAP technical architect. And primarily background is SAP integration. And nowadays, I'm also focused on integration and uh, cloud platform. I'm a sub-alumnus, but currently I work on um, customer side for a company called Arm, uh, which is a Cambridge-based company, and which is focused on design processes for quite good number of platforms they are making mobile all the mobile processors they are designing so they are not manufacturing uh, processors but they design architecture for those processes okay and your purpose for integration or the the normal use cases connection with suppliers and or yeah with suppliers it's mostly based on custom developed uh, system which which is kind of proxy and portal uh, for content development and from integration perspective, we have to feed quite a lot of information into that system. As well as we get some calls from that system into internal enterprise systems, which are a mix of on-prem hosted, private cloud hosted, and public cloud hosted systems. Well, I, I well, that was just a bit of a curiosity about what's what's uh, the, the big uh, uh, things going on in, in that space. So, um, yes, one of the things that I got interested in was uh, your blog post about the dark side of uh, Groovy or something like that, right? That, that was kind of um, analysis about what we can uh, do with the runtime and understand so, what what it is is all about. Uh, it, it was mostly in sake of curiosity to understand what actually is happening under the hood mm-hmm. uh, when something is executed in the Groovy runtime to better understand uh, what are implications and what are restrictions. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, we have been using that one to to understand a little about what's what's going on. Um, and I guess that's a little low level. And as an architect, integration architect, I guess that sometimes makes uh, is a requirement to understand that, and other times not. Um, so actually, we have quite a lot of lists that <laughs> we could be talking about. So let's uh, let's see how far we get in, in this. So I think the first thing that we talked a little about is you're doing a lot of integration with uh, SAP Success Factors and uh, the on-prem. So could you tell me a little about what the project that you're dealing with is about? Yep, we're currently in the middle of the project uh, where we migrate quite a lot of HR functionality from on-prem HCM into Success Factors in Play Central and onboarding. And we uh, will literally migrate existing functionality and plug quite a good number of third-party external systems, which are primarily non-SAP systems, uh, into success factors. And this is where we currently have SAP process orchestration in our landscape. We got SAP cloud platform integration. And in uh, this project, we use both. So we primarily use SAP and CPA as an integration bus. Uh, but we have some interfaces which are replications between ACM and um, Employee Central. And this is where we employ uh, CPI and we employ PO 
mostly because we needed um, to have some kind of enforced security from network integrity perspective. So we needed something in between on-prem that would allow us uh, to expose uh, internal system to the public cloud. One of options was called Creta, but Cloud Connector, it was very good for inbound connections into uh, on-prem system, but so we needed uh, to have replication flows in both directions. This is where we used PO, it's kind of bypassing um, engine. Okay. So, so you have this uh, this architectural principle that everything from SAP should go through the, the PO system? Uh, kind of. Uh, so uh, here we had a network uh, restrictions on, or network considerations that everything that communicates with the internal system has to be proxied uh, through the on-prem hosted component uh, in the network flow. And literally we looked into to either use a CPPO, Cloud Connector, or some third party, and we stopped our choice on a CPPO, primarily because uh, we could um, employ a standard like content. So we had standard content for SAPPO, and we had standard content provided by SAP for CPI, and we used it in all replication flows. So if you have some, some data coming from, from ECC, it will go through the, the PI, uh, cloud uh, CPI, and then to success factor. Uh, yeah, and the same applies for the opposite direction. So when EC needs to deliver something to ECC to replicate uh, data, uh, the primary integration logic will sit in uh, CPI, and then CPI will invoke uh, your uh, interface that will deliver uh, data to ERP. But PO will not be used as a true ESB system. It will be just a bypassing. Um, so it's just a messaging delivery thing. Mm -hmm. And then you have created one specific iFlow for each of the different scenarios, but no content, no mappings, anything like that. Uh, yeah, we deployed. Uh, we didn't need to develop it from scratch. Uh, we reused standard content, and we didn't really need to enhance standard content. So for that part, it was pure standard. Okay, cool. Uh, and the other way around, you also. But how do you then get access to your PI system on premise from uh, CPI? Uh, from CPI, uh, PO system is exposed to the internet. Um, so we allowed uh, network connectivity from a CPI IP uh, range, and then over HTTPS we can make calls to PO system. So we didn't uh, potentially we could use Cloud Connector in that flow as well. But given that we already had security clearance and exposure of PO system, uh, some of runtime of PO system uh, to the internet, okay, we could reuse that button. So you have some kind of a soap. Uh, uh, service that it's exposed or whatever, HTTP. It's a SOAP interface. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, then we talked a little about the different uh, success factors integration that, that exist. Uh, I think the, the primary one that's going on is the OData run, right? Or the one that there's supposed to be the new generation. Yeah, exactly. So when we assessed uh, which flows we will need and how we can get data and how we can post data to Employee Central, uh, we realized that we shall focus our efforts on all data APIs. And this is where we mostly uh, succeeded. So in vast majority of interfaces that we had to deliver, uh, develop, we used all data APIs. In very few exceptions, we had to use uh, Compound Employee API. Uh, this is from system integration perspective. and. Um, to make it lighter, in few uh, flows we used uh, UI integration, so we didn't need to develop uh, the iFlow in CPA. We didn't need to replicate some pieces of data, and we used uh, success factors mashups. 
in that sense, uh, uh, it's your extension enhancement on success factor side. And when the user accesses uh, the screen, parts of data, they are fetched um, ad hoc and literally screens of on-prem system are presented as frames within success factors. So with these mashups, uh, we, we could allow users to have a single entry point to the user interface and then providing some data from on-prem system. For the mashups, this is where we use Cloud Connector because literally it's success factors we needed to call uh, the endpoint uh, of ERP system, of ERP HCM system. And for this connectivity, we couldn't allow it as a direct connectivity. And this is where we involved, uh, involved Cloud Connector. Mm, okay. So, so you can connect directly from, from success factor via Cloud Connector or this uh, mashups. So what is mashups? I don't understand that concept. Mm -hmm. uh, for the mashup, it's the way how we can extend uh, user experience, user interface in success factors uh, without um, embedding the data, which is located in some other system. In our case, it was SAP HCM. Potentially, it could be some external third-party system. Uh, instead of replicating data from that system into success factors tenants and then making use of this um, data from within success factors, what we do is within the user interface of success factors, we make extension that makes a call and renders the UI, which is provided by third-party system. Ah, okay. So I guess you're not really developing in it. You're just saying uh, when you show this employee screen, also show these three extra fields coming from some other location. Yeah, it could, it could be some kind of frame or web intro, which is already available in um, SAP system in on-prem. And we put, uh, we put it as a frame within the screen of success factors. And from success factors perspective, we need to define destination from where this will be called. And then it happens in real-time mode. Cool. Uh, yeah, I saying one of the things I got a lot of uh, and <laughs> challenges with was uh, we wanted to replicate uh, employees uh, and all the changes on these two different systems. Have you done that scenario? Yes. Uh, so we have some replications of employee data into non-SAP systems. And mostly those replications were not real-time. So we had a time trigger in CPI flow which we queried um, on data API, and in very few interfaces we used a uh, compound template API for this, um, fetched data about employees, and then mapped and delivered to external party. Okay. Yeah, because I think the thing we ran into was this, that you could see employees as they were today, and if you wanted to see employee that started in <laughs> the 1st of December, or whatever it was, um, then you could not see the details of them but because they were not active. Uh, and currently I'm just struggling with using the OData to, to get those data, but it seems like it's possible using something like the from date and some of the users, you'll also need a filter uh, on status as uh, uh, inactive and active. Uh, so that's a little challenging getting all around all of those uh, those fields. Um, and I guess that would have been really nice if that was just in the standard OData filter. Um, normally when I'm doing this, I'm using OData version 2. Are you using the same or using version 4? Or do you know the difference uh, between those two? It is currently version 2 that we use. Okay. <laughs> and you haven't considered version 4 or you have no idea what it is? 
Um, at that point of time, we looked into version two and uh, no, we didn't look into version four. So we have some improvements backlog uh, for that project. So for example, we have some flows uh, that we had to develop from scratch to communicate with Outlook and with the ticketing system, with the service now. And these were CPI flows where we invoked APIs of ServiceNow and Outlook. And now with, the cl- uh, with Open Connectors in the CP Cloud Platform, uh, they already have out-of-the-box ServiceNow and Outlook Connectors. So in the future, we might need to replace some custom development with a standard functionality. Um, and one of the improvements might be to look into if uh, audit APIs will be enhanced and will provide capabilities which we lacked uh, today. And we might replace some... Uh, Probably even compound template APIs with all the other Okay. Yeah, I think one of our challenges in this project is obviously AD, which I guess is that the same or as. Uh um, we had we had quite big discussions about um, employee identifier because in the current uh, setup in on-prem system, um, identifier is different, and this was a big challenge both for data and for migration. Probably it was one of key questions that we had straight at the beginning of our discussions about uh, what kind of data we need to migrate and how we will map uh, those um, All data. All the different fields. Are there a lot of data you have on employees that need to be replicated? Or is it just a location, bus, something like that? It's not that much. It's employee personal data, um, employee organizational structures. Um, and Pretty much, that's it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, then the other thing, the integration center. Did you mention that? or? Yeah, integration center, we looked into it, and uh, especially for file-based exchanges, since we have quite a good number of interfaces that are files, both inbound and outbound. Uh, we first looked into can we, instead of developing the custom flows in CPA, can we leverage functionality of uh, integration center within success factors? And it looked like a great idea. Uh, firstly, it's already embedded in success factors. Um, the administrator of success factors can get access and can monitor straight away within success factors tenant uh, which files or which calls are executed in and out. It turns out that for some flows, uh, we were limited in, in terms of capabilities for the mapping which integration center provided. And for those flows where we needed uh, more complex mappings, uh, we had to fall back to CPI flows. Although, yeah, success integration uh, something success factors, it, it is really promising. Uh, primarily for us, focus was on uh, when we have files that success factors needs to produce or files that we need to fetch out of and uh, push into uh, success factors. Uh, at first sense, we looked into contribute to integration center. And CPI, development in CPI, was the second option. After. Okay. And I, I guess there it's a little more the citizen integration. If you need some kind of a report, you can fairly simple create it there. It's a web-based interface. Um, so literally, it's a good point is that uh, it's embedded in success factors, um, administrator cockpit. Uh, so for the, from administrator perspective, they don't need to be educated about how to use a CPI message monitoring, how to look into message processing, and to get into concept of uh, CPI flows. For them, it's quite native that it's just a matter about which entity is extracted uh, with which attribute. Uh-huh. It's just about the data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, another thing we touched upon when we talked was uh, Amrita. <laughs> Uh, um, that you have done the, the Reaper project, not through the, the CPI, but uh, just standard Reaper uh, PI, PO. 
Exactly. So for Ariba integration, we have um, ERP on-premise system and a subscription for Ariba. We didn't use um, CPI uh, content for one reason. We didn't have CPI subscription and, and subcall platform subscription uh, when we stepped into the project. And uh, it wasn't something in short roadmap. And that's why we looked into options that we have on the board, given technical components that we have. And SAPPO was the only option that we looked in, uh, that we uh, based our solution on, and it was also based on standard content. We had to tweak it and we had to enhance it. So there were some mapping enhancements and enhancements on the ERP side, but uh, vast majority of flows, they were SAP standard. Okay. Right. And and the, the messages you are integrating, so you have ECC on-prem and you have uh, bi-directional uh, communication with this. How do you send these messages? Is this just uh, IDOCs or...? Uh, uh, this way, uh, a mix of IDOCs and proxy calls uh, from ERP system uh, for outbound. And uh, for some flows, it was RSC inbound calls using RSC adapter on PO side. And on Ariba side, uh, everything came through SOAP. So it was either SOAP services or SOAP consumers. This is something which was provided in standard content, and we decided that we will not get into modification of that part. Instead, we literally lose the whole benefit of using the standard content. Nowadays, we have um, another option, Cloud Integration Gateway. So Arm as a company, we now have CPI subscription, so we can, uh, in the future, migrate uh, this development um, into CPI. Another option would be to leverage cloud integration gateway capabilities. But at the time when we started the project, cloud integration gateway, it wasn't generally available. And when we will look into migration to cloud integration gateway, I think it will take some more time because we will need to assess which enhancements that we did um, for Ariba integration, how easily we can use them out of the box in the cloud integration gateway and how we can enhance if that will appear out of the box. So cloud integration gateway for Reba is a product that is like a front end for CPI, if I understand it? It's kind of uh, some extra functionality that sits in Ariba and um, integration content provided for CPI. And it's promoted as a future generation of Ariba integrations. So currently we use cloud integration, Ariba cloud integration content, which is either for PO or for CPA. Uh, for cloud integration gateway, it will be the next evolution of the way how we can make ERP or S4 systems um, talk to Anima. Mm, okay. And then you just, from from there, configure all the integration and monitoring what's going on there. Yeah. Although uh, it shall be noted that ERP side and S4 side, uh, we will have to use some different um, add-ons that we have to install on uh, the ERP side. Ah, okay. So you need some specific... Uh, app uh, code that contains yep. this thing. Okay. It will be different from cloud integration um, content that we currently use on, on the ERP side. But from from the worldwide perspective, it looks like cloud integration gateway will be the next uh, big choice for assessment and, and consideration. Uh -huh. In Ariba, are you then a seller or a buyer or both? It's a buyer. Uh, so currently we use uh, the flows where we are sourcing suppliers uh, for strategic purposes and make procurement operations more technical or operational flows. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. And um, we do use Ariba network um, integration, but uh, we don't have flows where we have to integrate directly from ERP system into Ariba supply network. So Ariba supply network is integrated with Ariba tenant that we are subscribed for. And then the entire system to system integration from from us, from buyer perspective, it happens just between Ariba 
um, account or tenant. And uh, yeah, please listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, then I have some questions also. You also done quite a bit of work in, in the Groovy and figure out how all of that worked. Uh, so right now I have a, a challenge where I have quite a number of HTTP calls to different systems and I have quite a number of Groovy scripts. Do you, how do you normally handle that? Uh, that you have like a Groovy script to, to pass a JSON uh, and get the data there? Good question. So I shall admit that when developing in Groovy, one uh, positive sign is that after PO development, after Java development, um, it becomes more compact. On the other hand, uh, reusability of components. Um, this is something that we need to think quite significantly. So what we did is uh, sometimes we have uh, buttons or templates that we can use for certain Groovy scripts, like for example, when it comes to uh, message version logging, then we have template that we can reuse within script steps within individual um, iPhones um, in CPA. Uh, some some buttons were just common, so that we declared that we use the sequence of steps uh, if we need to achieve some certain validations. Primarily, it, it's all validations. So I guess that would be the missing functionality of like an uh, um, uh, PI module or something like that, that you could do some extra functionality in. Yeah, right. Uh, from one hand side, uh, CPA provides more flexibility from pipeline perspective. So to come about, uh, not a fixed pipeline, so we can literally compose quite complex orchestrated uh, flow. On the other hand side, uh, some steps which we have to develop as custom scripts, being them Groovy or JavaScript, uh, they exist in PL out of the box. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I guess there's uh, some, some good things and bad things about these, uh, these differences. Uh, it's, yeah, I guess when I started with the CPI, it, was, it looked fairly simple, just creating a simple flow. But once you have to figure out all the different error handling and stuff like that, then it, it becomes a little more complicated. Speaking okay. of error handling, how do you do that? For error handling in <coughs> CPI system, this was one of uh, points that we looked into CPI and realized that uh, we need to have some custom development in there to be done, especially when it came to alluding. So for PO interfaces, we, we employ a uh, built-in alert framework, and uh, it works fine well. Uh, for CPA, we have exception flows, uh, subflows that we use in the flows, and when exception is triggered, we can evaluate a uh, reason of exception. And when it comes to delivery of the exception notification or error notification uh, to the support team, uh, this is where we have to put it as a custom sequence of uh, flow, um, flow steps. Mm. Okay, so you just have one standard template and then you're sending an email saying mm-hmm. this flow was failing for some reason or yes, this reason. Okay. I think if we would get something similar to a lot framework um, within CK, uh, that would be very helpful. Where you could just specify that if you get this error, do this or? Yeah. So, for example, if we can um, have some groups of errors as we have it in our tools in PIPO systems, or if we can look uh, based on HTTP status codes, which are returned, and then have um, branching or logic about which teams have to be contacted. And not only for email communication, but also integration with um, some other systems, like ticketing systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I guess that's one of the things that we are trying to add to our uh, 
a testing application. Uh, for PI, we can handle the, the component-based message alerting. But I guess from from the CPI content, you don't. It's a little different. You just get an, an error, and you can then set up some rules saying if you get this specific error, do something. But I guess it's you don't have the same kind of ability to rerun it and uh, figure out the payload if it has not been locked. So, are you locking all your payloads uh, normally? Uh, in the PO system, yes. In CPA, um, in CPA currently, no. So we have a few flows. Uh, uh, those which uh, where we involve involve PO system, uh, we have plugin on PO system enabled. And for those which are CPI uh, only flows, uh, this is where we inject uh, custom logging steps. And sometimes we have uh, logging which has which is done initially, but at the beginning of the flow, so that we capture the message version which arrived to the flow. In few flows which involve complex mappings, uh, we have um, interim uh, logging of the message version after mapping. And sometimes we also have uh, the mapping step uh, as a last step before calling the outbound adapter so that we have visibility about uh, which message will leave uh, CPI flow. Okay, and then you're just using the MPL locking or whatever settling <laughs> assets attachment? At the moment, it's uh, MPL based, yeah. Are you considering other options? We looked into the possibility to ship these messages uh, to some central storage, but at the moment it wasn't implemented given that. Um, if we would like to ship these message versions to some external uh, service, then we need to ensure that latency in connectivity to that service and performance of that service is robust enough not to introduce performance bottlenecks. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I guess because it's a different uh, uh, platform and you have to call this uh, synchronously. Yeah. Unless you get a specific adapter. What, what we did as well is, uh, as, a, as a part of uh, template, as a pattern, uh, we established that message logging is always uh, customizable. So we use external, externalized uh, parameterization in the flow to define uh, whether we would like uh, to log messages on the message versions or not to log. It becomes like a, within CPA flow, we have a, a router step, and then based on a single parameter in the flow, uh, enable logging or disable logging. We can either disable logging for all, um, this script or enable logging for all of them. Okay, cool. Uh, so if if I as starting out doing new integration in CPI, are there anything that you would recommend that I look into or any pattern that I need to consider? For me, something which worked really nicely is to start from Apache Camel. So to get uh, uh, the Camel buttons and Camel steps and uh, to look through how the route is composed uh, because literally whatever we develop in CPI flows um, on top, um, at the end it will be generated as a camel route. So you the need second, to understand the camel, <laughs> what it is and how it works? I found it helpful, yeah. Um, another thing is for those who come from PO background, PIPO background, um, transition from Java to Groovy, this might take some time from developer perspective. Um, the relaxing factor is that whatever you write in Java consistently can run in Groovy, but it's both good and good and bad. So it's better to get used uh, to start learning some groovy shortcuts, which will do the same tasks or the same actions, but which will make your code more compact. And this is where groovy is very good with. Okay. So groovy and camel as uh, good practices and figure out what, what's going on. 
Yeah, for me it was really helpful. Well, um, I shall admit that uh, I don't develop uh, JavaScript um, uh, JavaScript scripts uh, as much uh, in CK, so I mostly tend to use Google scripts. For those who are more comfortable with the JavaScript, uh, might be that the usage of JavaScript script types um, within CK flows might be more significant than other mine. But I guess that would be something that f fits into what your organization needs, what kind of uh, resources you have. Uh, I guess now I see some people complaining they got uh, um, ABAP mappings in the PI system um, because that was what was best at that point in time. Um, and I guess, I don't know if those developers would be able to create it in, in Java uh, or what's going on there. I but think it might take some time for them to to switch the mind and to get used. Uh, to me personally, transition from PIPO development uh, Java into GUI development in CPA, that was kind of natural transition. But I can also understand arguments of people who uh, have background in JavaScript, especially backend JavaScript. And for them, migration to JavaScript development in CPA flow might be more relevant. Mm. But wouldn't that cause extra stress in the organization if half of it is written in, I don't know, the, the size of the integration team you have or whatever, uh, the, if half the code is written in JavaScript and half is uh, in Groovy script? Definitely. I think a support team will not be happy to, uh, <laughs> to admit this. Uh, it, gives, it gives flexibility from developer perspective um, to choose from, but uh, I think that it's also uh, agree. It's a matter of organizational choice about which um, technologies, which frameworks and languages uh, they have expertise and uh, which expertise can be reused. For example, as you said, uh, for the above developer, it might be a a bit complex to get into custom development in CPA, but if the organization is fairly ex experienced in Java development or in JavaScript development, mm -hmm. they can use the skills for CPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Um, yes, anything we need to, to end off with that I forgot? don't think so. I think we literally had quite extensive discussion about <laughs> <right laughs> topics. Yes, it was. Uh, I guess we covered quite a, a lot of different things here, so that was uh, really nice. Uh, got some good, uh, good ideas about what I need to to do. So, Vadim, uh, thanks for for being on the show and sharing a little what your journey with this is. Oh, thank you very much for the invite, Daniel. Thanks so, a lot. Uh, Yes, thanks. Uh, so thank you for, for listening to this uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. If you liked it, uh, please share, please leave a comment. Uh, I always appreciate the feedback. If there's anything we need to, to also look into or, or talk with, uh, please also put that in, in the comments. So uh, thanks for, for, for listening and thanks, uh, Vladimir, for, for being on the show. Thank you.